People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Wrestling fans, welcome to another episode of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. As always, you got Matt here alongside my partner Joe. What's going on? Episode 66, and we are on the rebound of one of those episodes that uh, I really enjoy talking about because it's, it was it was all good stuff for the most part. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we briefly talked about something that we didn't care to, but... You know, we talked about the inaugural show that was a for AEW Double or Nothing. Uh, we're still, I mean, it, it's like it's like a, that perfect Thanksgiving dinner, and you still have that taste in your mouth, <laughs> and you just you just don't want it to end. You, you don't want you don't want the holidays to end, you know, especially if you get to enjoy them. Yeah, right. Um, a hell of a show, amazing show. And uh, before we we start anything else, somebody asked me a, a pretty intriguing question and um i kind of want to i answer them already but i kind of want to bring light to it because you know throughout the year you and i we we talk about match of the year candidates and you know just like it's just two guys that say this is what our favorite matches of the year are um but somebody asked me regards to the cody versus dustin match we we talked that was match of the night um yeah it was a two-part question you know one you know, th- th- there's a match like that that's not technically this, uh, you know, crazy wrestling back and forth match. Does that does that equate to a potential match of your candidate? And if so, is Cody and Dustin a candidate for you personally? And um, I answered him like this. I-, I-, I reiterate the fact that professional wrestling, when done right, is indeed the ultimate variety show. And if you're going to call it that, and as a fan, if you want it to be that, then you cannot exclude any style of wrestling from you know your match of the year candidate. And with that being said, uh, hell yes, Cody and Dustin for me <laughs> is is a potential match of the year candidate because although was it the best real wrestling match of the night as far as because so we have you know we talked about Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano at NXT Takeover New York. We talked about Skrull versus all this at the Crockett Cup. I mean, there's a plethora of matches at this point now during the the, the best of the Super Juniors that are matches of your candidates. You know, we personally talked about Takagi versus Show, but that was just night one. I mean, there's been so much more yeah. that we've seen. Good God. There's a match like there's a storytelling match like Cody and, and Dustin get put under of course it does for one it's still wrestling and two you have to remember this is it's a different genre and it's a very old school genre of wrestling that they 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 completed out there and for me there's not many matches uh that are going to compare to what we saw at double or nothing than what we saw with cody and, and dustin so come december time when we're talking about match of the year i guarantee you this match is going to get brought up again i I only half agree with you, because um, for me, 
it was it was much more than what I typically think of as a match of the year candidate. It was it was way more than that. It was more complex. Uh, of course, you didn't have the technical proficiency that you would normally see in in a match of the like your typical match of the year match. Um, but the tone of the match was not supposed to be that. It was very personal. It was brother versus brother, and there was a score to settle. And yeah. you know, you're not gonna get um, you know nine ten moves chained together in some some crazy way that makes it memorable and, and match of the year. No, this is something personal, you know, just a lot of punching, a lot of roughhousing, but the story they told is like that will that will forever be etched into my brain. And because of that, yeah, I agree with you. It it definitely has match of the year potential. Because let's face it, these days when stories are are trying to be told in wrestling a lot of the times they don't get told correctly. Right. You know? I <clears throat> see that's that's what it is for me. I mean it, it is it is not your uh your standard for match of the year, especially in twenty nineteen. I mean the bar's been raised so damn high. You know, but uh but the point that I was trying to make is it's it's the, the cliche answer that if it's done right. If it's done right, any match could be a match of the year candidate. I mean, I don't go by, you know, high flying. I don't go by technical wrestling. I don't go by how long a match is or how short a match is. If it's done right, if it's captivating, I mean, I'm not saying a five minute match is going to be match of the year. That's that's going to be really hard for that to compete with, you know, let's say an Adam Cole and Gargano match that mm-hmm. you know goes. I think the first match they did this year was forty minutes or something like that. Yeah, yep. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying that. Or, or you compete with a Okada and Omega match that goes over an hour. It's hard because you have more time to put mat moves and you know tell the story and that, that you know and all that. But I, I agree. Like Cody and Dustin was not the best wrestling match of the night. You know, it wasn't. Uh, you know, you compare it to. You know the the match afterwards with uh, with, with Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks, that match was phenomenal and what yeah. they did, but it was what what the fact that what they brought to the table, what it meant to professional wrestling, and the fact that they, it's almost like they stopped time. You know, you were you were just stuck in this in this in this vortex of Cody and Dustin, and nothing else was happening around you. And because of that, because of that, and how difficult that is, and maybe it's only accomplished because they are brothers, you know, because it's brother versus brother, generation versus generation, all that stuff, that they were able to pull it off. But for whatever reason, they pulled it off in a way that the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers couldn't do, or Kenny and Jericho, they couldn't do. They, Kenny and Jericho could have wrestled for an hour. They would not have been able to pull what, what Cody and Dustin pulled off. And that's not a shot at those two guys at all. That's just how good Co- Cody and Ken- and Dustin were that night. On, one, that, on that one specific night, they stole the show. For my money, uh, not to keep talking about AEW, but for my money, I, I, think, I think they played it safe. I think they played it safe by putting Cody and Dustin where they were on the card. Yeah. That easily could have been the main event. I mean that they they 
they know their audience well enough to know what's going to work. And that's why I say they they kind of played it safe. They easily could have made that the main event. And I'm not quite sure why they didn't. I know um, Tony Khan was, I think, a gorilla position for a majority of the night. So, yeah. I mean, that could have been, could have been his call. Either way, I, I think, for me anyway... If we're talking about match of the year and overall um, effect that it has on on whoever's watching it, for me, I think the the emotion that it took out of me watching that match would have probably been five to ten times greater if they were the main event, if they were the absolute last thing of the night. That's fair. You know? Um, the the only thing I can say is uh, <clears throat> one of the things that I'm assuming they wanted to do safe to the end was the Moxley spot. Yeah. At the end, I mean, would it have the same effect? Probably the the John Moxley situation. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. <clears throat> you know, but because because of the situation and because of uh, you know how how over John Moxley is now, especially since leaving the WWE, you know, that's that's probably their thinking was we're gonna save this this big surprise yeah, for the end. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I think that this was um you know, I, I said it last week, you know, I, I that uh, AEW is in good hands because of the lack of uh super ego that Cody has. You know, this is I mean I get he's not the owner of the company, he's not the only guy that's booking the shows. But let's face facts, he's a big part of that. And and all in and now double or nothing, he's not the main event. Um, I think that speaks volumes of him of, uh, of of where he sees himself and you know, as a as a top player, as a guy that could be the main event but doesn't have to be the main event. You know, there's no you know, Hulk Hogan, you know, type <laughs> shit going on here. Although he did win both of his matches. But uh, yeah. um I don't see that as being an issue though. Uh, but um, you, uh, you're right. You you could have told that story at the end, you know, and that would have been a hell of a way to uh, to to end the show because you also risk you know play playing it safe. You also risk the rest of the show because you know we talked about in, in the past about matches like this not being the main event. And how does that affect the rest of the show? How do you how do you go on after that? I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, the um, I keep wanting to call them uh, Lucha House Party for some reason. Oh no, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm so sorry. Pentagon is gonna fucking haunt me in my dreams. Yes. Holy shit, I'm scared. Uh, <laughs> the Lucha Brothers uh, versus. Uh, young bucks. I mean, they delivered, of course. Yeah, absolutely. As, as we expected them to, but it is hard to even even for those caliber of talent to go on after something like what we saw with Cody and Dustin, the match, and then the post match situation where they're embracing and you know we he did the you know the whole I need my brother situation or, or, and it's like fuck man like how do you compete <laughs> with that. <laughs> And it, you really put your the rest of your show at risk by doing something like that. And 
I don't know. Maybe maybe they played it safe because they even they didn't expect it to go over like that. I, I don't know. But, well, going back and listening to Dustin Rhodes talk in his in his after uh, or his post match interview. Yeah, you did get to hear him say that when Cody rolled back into the ring, he thought at first that he was going to continue to beat him. Yeah. So it was clear that he didn't know exactly what was going on. So yeah, I, I think that's that that played into it heavily. He didn't know, and he didn't know he was going to say that. So. So yeah, that's I mean, and, and again, what a what a hell of a way to uh, to do that. And... Which, by the way, that uh, that brings uh, something else up that we didn't talk about last week uh, concerning AEW. I don't know if you know this, but look for more, a lot more post-match interviews with the different press outlets. Okay. Uh, they want this to to be like their their way of kind of keeping grounded with the fans, as opposed to you know not doing the post-match interviews. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, this is their their way of. Connecting with the fans, connecting with the media, it's essentially free publicity. Right. And um, it's its yet another thing that the WWE does not do with their talent. There is no post-event um, media outlets done. So... Yeah. Um, I, I don't remember what... Uh, it might have been Cage Side Seats or, or something. You know, some other similar website, but um, they were talking about the pros and cons of all that, and um, I just think it's a it's a cool a cool way to approach the product in general because we don't like I don't quite honestly I don't remember ever there being anything like that. No, you know, yeah, like, like ever. From anyone that I that I can remember, and I, ladies and gentlemen, I've watched quite a bit of fucking wrestling, <laughs> other than New Japan. You know, New Japan, obviously they have their post match stuff, and but um, yeah, uh, we always have wrestling on in the background, and this week we are watching the NXT Takeover number twenty five. It actually the last match just finished. And uh, what a hell of a match between Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole. I was telling Matt before we started recording this, I had no fucking clue how these two guys were going to top each other from the last time. But they did, at least for me. Um, Hell of a fucking match. And uh, congratulations, Adam Cole, on his brand new championship. Uh, Yeah, so I, I watched it. I turned it on the day of. I was telling Joe, you know, it was a long day for me. Um, just being outside a lot, you know. I'm not. A, I'm an indoors guy, so <laughs> being outside takes a lot out of me. I was pooped, so I ended up falling asleep during the Velveteen Dream and and uh, Tyler Breeze match. And you know, you saw. The, I got to see the scary after watching it now. I got to see the scary incident with Tyler Breeze. Um, Took a shot to the ear. It was a super kick, right? It was a to, super kick, yeah. To the ear, and you saw the inner ear bleeding, and and just he wasn't <laughs> he wasn't the same afterwards. No, not at all. Um, it was it was kind of scary. I mean, 
way you were describing it to me, you know, he did a, uh, there's a spot where the dream was up top on the, on the top rope. And f- just for no reason, Tyler Breeze does an insecurity yeah. to nobody. <laughs> it's just like, it, it, it made me think of PCO, of yeah. course, but, uh, you know, this wasn't out of stupidity. It was you know, clearly a guy that was not all there, you know. His equilibrium was fucked up. I mean, he, you could tell he was definitely hurting. So, uh, I mean, it's cool to see... Uh, it's cool to see. Hopefully he's... I mean, it's cool to see him back in NXT, but hopefully he's okay. Uh, we see Adam Cole. He's being raised up. Dude, what the fuck? Why is Bobby Fish always fucking hurt? Now his arm's in a sling? Well, if if you go back... Um, again, we're watching NXT TakeOver 25. If you go back and watch the four-way ladder match that involved... Hell of a um, match, by the way. Yeah. Hell of a match. That involved... Uh, Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish uh, representing um, Undisputed Era. His hand was already pretty heavily taped going into the match. It was. And it was. so I, I know there was a, there was a couple crazy fucking spots for the both of those guys to where um, he must have done something to either aggravate his wrist or his elbow or maybe both. I'm not sure. But uh, we see him now in a sling. None of his fingers are taped. So that's why I said it's got to be his wrist or, or or maybe his elbow. But he's definitely in the sling again. I don't know. I don't know what's up with him and, and getting hurt all of a sudden all the damn time. I mean, I know he's, he's getting up there in age. and That, that always concerns you. And you especially the style too, of wrestling he does. Uh, no, I, I totally get that. But you know what, too? Uh, this is the WWE we're talking. And yeah. I know they really don't fuck around with injuries. So right. it could be something preventative on their part, like, hey, you had a hell of a match, you're a little sore, or, or what have you, so... You, you old, put this on. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> it could be that. Yeah, I just, I just hope that he's not hurt. I mean, he's he's already got a heavy fucking knee brace. Yeah, him and uh, Tyler Breeze, man. Get your, you know, get healed, man. I... I that, I was telling Matt, that was the only match that uh, I had a problem with because he got hurt. Yeah. So we didn't get to see him to his full potential against the Velveteen Dream. And I look forward to a rematch somewhere down the line. Yeah. Um, you know, shouts out to Street Profits, new NXT Tag Team Congratulations, Champions. Congratulations, guys. Yeah, that, that fucking leap at the end of the match was <laughs> yeah. fuck. Well, the, the 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 dive. I was telling you the dive over the top rope. I forget, I don't know the name of the the, the, other guys. the third forgotten son yeah. guy. Yeah, but I was pissed off not at Montez Ford, but at the guy who was supposed to catch him because he was so far he was away. Far away. And the way Montez fell, I was like, "You son of a bitch! Like, come on, man! <laughs> this is how guys get hurt, you know." Um, but he seemed to be fine. Seemed to be fine. And win the titles. That was just really cool. I'm glad. I'm glad because uh, that was uh, um, an unexpected surprise to see those guys as champions. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And uh, I've been a fan of theirs for a while. They went pretty much went on excursion for a bit um, with uh, with Evolve. They held the Evolve Tag Team Titles uh, last year, and I think throughout part of this year too, mm-hmm. before dropping it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see them. Oh, that was a spot. So I'm excited to see them get their uh, get the respect they deserve um, in NXT. 
Because it seemed like they were just kind of uh, forgotten for a while. They were the forgotten sons, if you will. Oh, man. See what I did there? It's a gimmick infringement, sir. <laughs> uh, real quick here. We um, we just got done watching the NXT TakeOver 25. We're now watching the uh, Ring of Honor State of the Arts uh, tour. It was a two-day tour. One was a TV taping, so you'll watch that later. This is... Uh, actually, I think this took place the same night as NXT took place in Portland, Oregon. They don't really do West Coast very often, so it's pretty cool. Uh, Bully Ray is out there. He's fighting Tracy Williams. But the interesting thing was what you told me about what Bully Ray did to a fan, apparently. Yeah, I don't... That was drawn off with uh, Allure. We actually stopped this... Uh, we actually stopped recording for a second to see if this was... Uh, what happened on this was the spot, but uh, I guess it wasn't. Or maybe it was, maybe that was the tail end of it, but uh, some guy came out on Twitter, um, I want to say his handle is like X, I am Hollywood X, or something like that. Um, he came out on Twitter and told the story of him attending a Ring of Honor uh, show where there, w- there was a spot he, he had, um, he was just drawn back and forth with the members of Allure. And apparently, uh, Mandy Leone spit at him. And so the, he he explained himself like, "Hey, I, you know, I was drawn with them just as they were drawn with me. So was it preferable that she spit on me? No, but I understand why she did it. Go ahead, get your heat. That's fine." And then um, there was another segment later on in the card, and it happened again where he was drawn with Allure. And this time it was like two two local wrestlers that they were out there to antagonize, and he was telling them, you know, you don't belong here, you suck, go, you know, go back to the locker room. I'm sure it wasn't that pleasant as, as I'm recalling, but uh, he did it again, and this time Velvet Sky pretty much called him out, told him to get in the ring, called him a pussy, and what have you, and. Uh, yeah, they got into it again, and he apparently got escorted to the back by security, where Bully Ray was waiting for him, um, because, from what I understand, Bully Ray and uh, Velvet Sky are an item, and so Bully Ray proceeded to let this guy have it, like, you don't need to talk to the women this way, and you need to be more respectful, you're gonna go back to your seat, pretty much like, shut the fuck up and just be a fan. Um, so Ring of Honor released a statement and essentially said, Hey, we're looking into the situation and uh, we're, we're doing our own investigation about it. Uh, if it happened uh, and this guy isn't making shit up, which I mean, unfortunately that might be, uh, an option here, but I don't know. You brought up a good point. I don't know what people expect. Maybe, maybe it's because he hasn't been uh, that tenacious with his promos over the past few years, as he used to be, like in ECW. Right. But uh, I really don't know what to expect. Uh, I don't know why people aren't expecting um, shit like that to happen with Bully Ray. That's just kind of his thing. Um, and and let's face it, you're insulting the the guy's girlfriend, you know, whether you knew that or not. Like, sure. 
if you're out there jawing with the talent, I mean, there's a fine line between what's okay and what's not okay. I mean, I'm not saying being spit on by Mandy Leone is okay, but, uh, I mean, unless that's your thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, you, you, you're a fan. You can't put hands on the talent, and you, you really have to watch your mouth sometimes. Yeah, it, it is. It is a fine line because I do, I do agree that you know you pay your ticket, you should be able to say what you want to say. But when when you, and, and I do agree with that. I, I I still stand by that statement. But when you become a part of the show, that's that's when it, it changes. You know, you you clearly have made yourself known. Um, you're not just a guy that's you know making loud chants or this or that. Uh, you you you're not part of the show, whether you were, that was your intentions or not. And things like that can happen. I I don't agree with with them bringing him back there, right? And and and, and Bully Ray getting involved. Um, you know, if, if it was something that security wanted to talk to him about, then security should have pulled him aside and said, you know, quick cut the shit, or you're gonna be out of here. Leave it at that. Yeah. You know, you don't want your talent to get involved because as a company. Now you're dealing with potential lawsuits and things of that nature because I don't know I don't know Bully Ray uh, behind the scenes, but you know what you don't need is a guy who is pissed off because a guy is jawing with his girlfriend, and he might do something that uh, he might regret or the company could regret. Yeah, exactly. You know, because what happens if the guy says, "What are you gonna fucking do about it?" or something like that, and then Bully <laughs> puts hands on him. Well, not, now you're dealing with a lawsuit. Yeah. Whether the guy deserved it or not, it, you know, the law doesn't necessarily work that way. And, uh, look, look, Ring of Honor, they, they, they can't be dealing with shit like that. And uh, Bully needs to be a little bit smarter. Uh, I get it. You know, it's your girlfriend. You know, you love her and all that shit. That's fine. But she's also professional, too. You got to have a little bit of thick skin as well. So... I think if, if this is a true story, I think everybody's at fault. Everybody handled it poorly. Um, <laughs> security should have handled the guy, told him to chill out or, or he's going to be gone, and then that's it. Um, Bully should not have made made himself, should not have asserted himself beyond maybe telling security, like, hey, you need to get this guy. You know, other than uh, that, that, that's as far as it needed to go, as far as Bully's concerned. So, um, it is interesting. It is interesting. Uh, and again, too, I mean, we watched, uh, again, this is uh, night two. This is uh, in Portland, Oregon. Um, and you can, uh, you can hear Bully Ray belittle the crowd. I mean, he. <laughs> that's a, that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it was kind of vicious. It was kind of, you know, definitely mean. And, you know, again, as part of a crowd, you know, sometimes you got to have a little bit of thick skin, too. It just seems like um, it was like a, 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 just a kind of a big bully, if you will, because it was his girlfriend. And, you know, sorry, bully, but uh, she probably deserved what she got anyways. So. <laughs> you know, anyways, uh, back to the NXT show. Uh, I, I, I wanted to point out something. Um you have you have NXT happening, you know Adam Cole, Gargano. The match is even match just started at this point, and then you get a big ass chant of uh, NXT. Yeah, and I made a statement saying I would have loved to have been there and be the guy 
that made a sign at, at, as soon as the chant was over to raise it and say, you notice nobody ever chants WWE. <laughs> um, and, I, and I say that because, you know, WWE has made a point to essentially acknowledge the fact that there's a new competition in, in town called AEW. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's funny how they do that, but they can't compete with themselves. They're losing the war with their own fucking company. Yeah. Because NXT is blowing them out of the water. Yeah. Every single time. And their answer to NXT 25, which, by the way, if you want to see it, please go to our website at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash WWE Networks, all one word, and get 30 days free. So you can watch NXT TakeOver 25 and the other 24 NXTs for free. You can watch one a day and still have time to watch other shit. So you have, so you have this great show, NXT 20, TakeOver 25. And their answer to that is Super Showdown. Which, by the time you guys are hearing this podcast, the show's going to happen. We're not going to run down the card. No. Because it's not worth it. But there's a couple matches that we're going to mention. So you get Adam Cole and, and Johnny Gargano. Part two, potential could be, could be potentially match of the year candidate. Yeah. Instant classic Instant for classic sure. for sure. You have a hell of a four-way ladder match. Let's not forget the, the opening bout, Matt Riddle and, and um, oh, Roger Strong. man. That was such a great fucking match. Hell of a match. Absolutely. I mean, that was a match that... I never thought about it when when Matt Riddle came there, but as soon as I saw him and Roddy on on the, on the car together, I'm like, fuck, yeah, like that right yeah. there. Hell of a way to start off the show. And WWE, the main roster, they're going to counter that with Triple H and Randy Orton for the you know hundredth time. <laughs> uh, what else we got here? Um, it's like Triple H is on a fucking uh, in a, a tour fighting previous Evolution members. Yeah. Like, is Ric Flair next? Oh, man. <laughs> you better hurry up. You better hurry the fuck up. He just sneaks into, like, Ric Flair's bedroom one night and just pins him. I did it. Wait a minute. Are you saying Ric Flair will have the 24-7 title by then? You might as well. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Apparently, Jinder Mahal's champion now, or, or maybe Archer's won it back. He won it back right away. Okay. Yeah. Stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Did, you, did we even talk about that? Did we acknowledge that, really? Uh, No, not really. <laughs> I have to point out. I, sure, I, I sure. I have to point this out. Please. Um... The twenty people are people are going to immediately compare it to the the hardcore championship in WWE, where it was um, so at the, towards the end of the of its, towards the end of its existence, it was uh, a twenty four hour seven days a week title. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he had a lot of crazy antics. There was matches in at airports, matches at Chuck E. Cheese, I believe. Uh, somebody lost a title while getting a massage. Stupid <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> so, it's you do have that, but you also, in this company called DDT, based out of Japan, they have a title that's called the Iron Man Heavy Metalweight Championship. Yes. Uh, it's, it's not a very old title. It's a, it's a title that was introduced 
uh, back in June of 2000. So 19 years. Okay. You know, you, you probably could say, what, maybe 40, 50 title reigns? Somewhere, yeah, somewhere, yeah. Especially for like a non-major title. Uh-huh. Even then, that's still pretty high. Yeah. You want to know the number of title changes that exist? For? For this title. For the twenty four seven title for the for the uh, Iron Man heavyweight. Oh, for, okay, uh, please tell me. It's uh, it's one thousand three hundred sixty one times, and I if if this title lasts, I guarantee you they're gonna shatter that record because of of, of how stupid this this whole thing is. They um they made it sound so prestigious. Man, they were fucking billing that thing. Yeah, no, I know. Money in the Bank. Like, oh, man, you got to watch it. And I love the fact that Vince didn't have the fucking balls to go out there and unveil it himself. He He made Mick Foley do it. He knows better. (laughs) He knows better. (laughs) Mick Foley fucking did it. And Mick Foley got booed out of the fucking arena. He did. It was was awkward. It was very awkward. It was very awkward. (laughs) But you know what? Here's the thing. The... The Iron Man Heavy Metalweight Championship is not built as a prestigious title. It is a, it's definitely a very gimmicky title, and it's it's received that way, and it's it's built that way. So that's it works for what it is. This twenty four seven title, when they first established it, maybe not so much now that our truth is a champion, uh, which you know poor our truth he's playing the dumb idiot as, as he's always played in WWE. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they built it up as like it was gonna be something big, and then this is what they give us. Yeah, and this is this is the type of shit. I wonder how many times over under, you know, two times that that title's gonna change hands at the the, the showdown fucking show. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, they they're competing with with you know Orton and Triple H. They're competing. With uh, a potential Brock Lesnar cash in, they're competing with a fifty-man battle royal, which I don't know how the fuck you're gonna put fifty guys in the ring at the same time. I don't know I how don't, that's gonna yeah, work. Yeah, I don't either. And then to top it all off, they're competing with Goldberg versus The Undertaker, a match that uh, is you know twenty years way too late at this point. <laughs> I mean. This is this is what they put out there. This is what this is how they compete with themselves, you know. So it's funny you can have Sami Zayn throw out AEW, name drop AEW all you want. You can do whatever the fuck you want to do, call AEW competition, but you really need to win the war with NXT first before you can ever compete with AEW. And they don't seem to grasp that idea quite yet. You're absolutely right. That's something that most people don't think about. I, I can tell you right now that's that was the first furthest thing from my mind when you started talking about it. I'm like, but you're right. Uh, you can't you can't even beat your own alternative, let alone other companies. Yeah. So how how is that supposed to play out? Um, but you know, going back a few months, uh, you and I had talked about uh, Triple H on a conference call wanting to essentially establish NXTs all over the globe. Yeah. He wanted a NXT South Africa and a NXT Mexico. That's great. That's, I love the idea. Yeah, yeah, so do I, especially if you're going to have this kind of a product. 
um, maybe that's what we see the company evolve into. No pun intended. Mm. And quite honestly, I mean, I think that would be their best bet to do something like that. But then, you know, think about all the talent they have. Not all the, not all of the talent that they currently have on the roster is capable of performing that way. Which is a shame because out of all the times you you constantly hear Marks um, talk about their love of the Attitude Era, right? That was the one thing the entire roster of the Attitude Era had. They had that hunger. They wanted to compete against one another. You know, you you had guys going out the first match of the night, and like, you know what? We're going to set the bar for the night. Try to beat it. And so you would have that continuously throughout the card. But you also know what, the, you know what they had as well? Competition. True. And that's, that's, that's one of the biggest things. It's, it's competition. And look, I, I get a lot of heat for this. I grew up in the Attitude Era. That's where I started watching wrestling. I look at the Attitude Era as one of the least talented eras, as far as wrestling goes, that WWE has ever had. I mean, you had good talent, but you you also had guys that were more characters than anything. Yeah, it was it was a small chunk of the roster that mm. could actually wrestle, right? And uh, you know, that's, that's including Stone Cold. You know, post neck injury, yeah, he couldn't wrestle anymore. You could totally see it, but he was Stone Cold. He was he 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 pulled it off via the vignettes and you know all of his antics, all of his antics and all that stuff. You know, I mean. It just, it wasn't, people look at it like, man, it was the greatest era. It, it, it wasn't. I said it a few weeks ago on the show, and I'm still waiting for a compelling argument. This is the best roster that they've ever had, bar none. It, it, you know what? It's A lot of it is theater of the mind. Right. You know, you have, uh, going back, talk to, talk to just about anyone about Stone Cold Steve Austin. And they'll tell you, like, oh, yeah, you know, I... He wrestled like every Monday night. The fuck he did? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. He was coming out in monster trucks and zambonis yep. Yep. and beer trucks, and you know I don't call you know landing a couple stunners a wrestling match. Don't get me wrong. I'm not putting. I'm not putting down his work ethic. You he just know? couldn't go. He just couldn't go like he used to. And and obviously I'm not ignoring you know the facts like. Him versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13. Like, I'm not dismissing any of that. Absolutely not. But if you're sitting there telling me that Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestled every Monday night for a stretch of how many ever weeks during the Monday Night Wars, you're lying to yourself. Get yourself a subscription. Yeah, was he there? Yeah, of course. (laughs) But he didn't wrestle. Yeah. He landed a few stunners. He drank a lot of beer. He drove a few vehicles. That was it. You know, so again, theater of the mind. That wasn't actual wrestling. He was involved. Yeah, but that there were it wasn't wrestling matches. Yeah, they they the they, they knew they had to save him for the wrestling matches. You know. Yeah, yeah. Because he can only do so much. Again, I mean, the bad neck. Yeah, uh, which I mean, calling a bad neck is is an understatement. I mean, it was yeah. it, that neck was tore up. The knees were fucking tore up. I mean, everything was just bad on it. So. It's 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 always hard because it's like no you're wrong that was the best era I'm 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 not saying that uh, that uh, you know it wasn't entertaining because it was but at no at no point am I gonna put the Attitude Era over today's era 
by you, any means. No, you'd be crazy. You'd be crazy too. If we're talking actual professional wrestling, yeah, you'd be crazy too. And what makes it even you know worse is that this era, which should blow the attitude era out of the water, is failing in ways that just as wrestling marks, we we can't even begin to grasp like how can you fuck this up over and over and over again? John Moxley has ever since leaving the WWE has not been silent. He has come out multiple times. I am yet to sit down and listen to the episode of Chris Jericho's podcast where he essentially divulges uh, a whole slew of, of uh, information regarding the company. He, he has come out and essentially said, uh, amongst many other things, that that company, the WWE, continues to shoot themselves in the foot. They hold their own talent back. So it's uh, it's always refreshing uh, to me when to me when we yeah to me when we get to see some of the talent go uh, go to an NXT show. I'm sorry to cut you off. We were talking that spot where we were talking about is happening right now. If you watch it, um, so this is the show. We're, this is the again, show. ladies and gentlemen. We're watching night two of Ring of Honor's State of the Art tour. Based out of Oregon, I don't know where exactly in Oregon this is. I think at. it was Portland. Is Portland? Yeah, because it said Portland State. Okay. So, yeah. So yeah, this has got to be the the show with the whole backstage bully Ray fiasco, because we just saw Lure come out. They uh, basically tore up two locals after the match, and uh, as Ian Ricciabroni and. Uh, Cocabana. Cocabana were, were covering uh, the post, post-match post stuff. You did see Velvet Sky in the ring taunting a fan to come into the ring. So. And, and then Manny Leon, you didn't see what she did because the heads, the Ricky Jabroni and, and uh, Cabana's heads were in the way because it was a close-up shot on them. But you could see Manny Leon come running down to grab Velvet Sky out of, out of the ring, but she also went towards the fan. So you can, that's probably where he got spit on. So uh, Wow. Uh, I I don't know what was said. I don't know what was said, but uh, as a professional, I I can never condone spitting on people and and getting the fans involved that way. Uh, He's jawing at them, sure. Uh, But they, again, go to security, let them know what was said, let them know what was going on. You know, you want to jaw at them too, that part's fine, I guess, to an extent, but you you gotta be smarter than that. I mean, Tepper's we're obviously not where they need to be. Um, real quick here, I'm gonna call it right now. By 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 the end of 2020, we're gonna be looking at this Josh Woods guy as a potential like next big thing in Ring of Honor, or or the next thing in Ring of Honor. He's uh he's finally he's he's come back. He's in even better shape than he was before. Yeah. But you can see a, a different style in him. He's definitely hungry, a lot hungrier. Uh, it's there's no longer that that ego to him. He just he's just like. Straight up from bell to bell, he's ready to fucking go. Yeah, see, that first time around, we uh, I remember us being at a show, and he had all the ego, but when it came down to actual wrestling, you, he was he was still green enough to where he couldn't back it up. Yeah, you know, and it would get him into he would he would basically let uh, his his mouth cash checks that he couldn't afford to cash. Right. You know? 
So, uh, but yeah, he's fucking, he's cut. He's really lean this time. Yeah, he was, uh, he was doing, uh, Muay Thai tournaments for a while. I mean, he took some time off to do that, and, uh, from what he was saying, kind of get his head, his head right. So, like, discipline and, and shit like that. So, I've, I've seen a few matches of it, and, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see where he goes, because, I mean, he's got a little bit of an ego-looking face right now. He's getting ready to fight Mark Briscoe, but, uh, yeah, do you blame him in this yeah. one? <laughs> <laughs> but he's smart enough to know what he's about to get himself into. I mean, Mark Briscoe is uh, definitely no no fucking slouch, man. So uh, I'm excited to watch this one as we talk. Uh, I, again, I didn't mean to cut you off about the John Moxley no, no situation, worries. but um, but yeah, um, continue. Uh, Moxley said uh, a plethora of statements on that Jericho podcast, apparently, and. Everything he had said that that uh, I had read about anyway. Mm-hmm. Again, I still want to go back and listen to the podcast, but it's it's stuff we've all heard from other people over the years. You know, the company's full of yes men. They're all afraid of Vince. Yeah. Um, you know, it. It's, CM Punk uh, said that like eight years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's it's really not new news. It's just not. It's just it's it's more the same, and I think now I think it's just more transparent than it's ever been because you do have John Moxley leaving. You do have Sasha Banks, who's um, essentially on her way out. I, I guess you could say. Um, you know, she's she's pretty much acting the same way Moxley was towards the end of his run. Right. You know, no no appearances, no TV time. Being out there on social media, talking freely, things like that. So again, it it should be no surprise. <laughs> I, I, I I talked to a guy today, and and I'm gonna say talk in a very loose manner because, I, quite honestly, I don't know what I did with this guy. But there was some conversing back and forth. I don't think he was all all uh, right in the head. I think it was a taco short of a combination platter. <laughs> but uh, he saw my Motor City Machine Guns t-shirt that I was wearing and he decided to try and talk wrestling with me and uh, that was that was the big point of his conversation with me was that this new company which he couldn't tell me it was AEW <laughs> but he was like this new company Vince better watch his ass because they're going to put him out of business and, and again I, like I didn't stop to sit and kind of correct this guy because I knew it would have been uh it would have been like talking to a brick wall. But I do need to re- reiterate on this podcast that we're not about the WWE going out of business. That's that's bad for the industry. It's a horrible thing to happen. So uh, for all of those of you out there who think that way, uh, please reconsider and, and think otherwise. Because this isn't, if this is a war, if this is going to be a war, mm-hmm. great. I'm sure us as fans are going to appreciate the the competition, the fire that will hopefully get lit under WWE's ass again. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but no one needs to go out of business over this. I mean, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, I will say this. Some people that have said that, um, not necessarily going out of business, but just need, he needs to watch his ass, because let's face facts, it, it, it is, even albeit a, a far, like, long ways from happening, it is a possibility. 
Oh yeah, it is you know, a possibility, and 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 that's something that we understand here uh, on this podcast. That it is a possibility that either company could go out of business, but especially if you don't evolve and adapt to what's today, and another company that has money just like you do is putting out these great shows and and taking your audience, you know, eventually you're going to have to go back to the drawing board or, or fold. Yeah. Um, that's just how it works. It doesn't mean I want it to happen, but it is something that could potentially happen. And when when I say stuff like that, I, I, I get a lot of scoffs because it's like, oh, it's never going to happen. You can't say that. <laughs> you cannot say that. Your, your reasoning is because they have a lot of money. Okay. WCW folded with a lot of money. They had fucking guaranteed money up the ass. Yeah, and they folded. <laughs> you know, it's just if you're not turning a profit, you're gonna fold. Yeah, you're going to fold. And, and let's 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 face facts. You think Vince McMahon? I mean, as much as as that would like hurt his pride, you think he's gonna be? You think he's gonna put pride over dough? No, no, he's not. He'll walk away if that's the best option for him, and he pretty much already has. With the way of, of how Fox is running the fucking show now. How Saudi Arabia is running the fucking show now. He pretty much already has walked away from the company. He just hasn't officially done it yet. Yeah. But he's not running it the way that we think he's running it. Uh, I mean, it's just... I don't know. Anyways, there's a, there's going to be a, a lot of that in the, in the, in the upcoming months and, and year. You know, as far as people leaving WWE... To come to, especially coming to AEW, and uh, I'm glad Moxie's out. I'm, I'm excited to see him uh, not only in AEW but in New Japan. Yes, uh, that's gonna be uh, some interesting stuff. I, I know June 5th is his first official match. He fights uh, Juice Robinson. Juice. So, so by the time you hear this, it'll already have happened. But go to 20x20crew.com/slash/podcast/slash/njpw. And uh, check out New Japan Pro Wrestling World. It is phenomenal. You will get the end of the Super Juniors Tournament plus Dominion. Because they are offering 30 free days. Are they offering They are offering Kevin Kevin Kelly said it uh, a few days ago. Perfect. So you're going to get both events if you sign up right now for free. And he said it himself. If you if they don't if they don't sway you after those two events to keep uh, to keep paying for it after that, then they're doing something wrong. So wow, that's awesome. <laughs> that is uh, was it nineteen shows of the best of the Super Juniors? Yeah, best of the Super Juniors tournament is a total of nineteen shows. And 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 for the final round, I'm not gonna spoil it right now. But you get you get obviously you get the final round of the yes. of the tournament. But you're getting John Moxley making his debut against Juice Robinson, and it's for the United States title. For the United States title, old man himself. Yeah. Also, yeah, <laughs> old man himself, Tanahashi is wrestling. He's coming back. Uh, who's he? Who's he wrestling again? Is it? Is it he, Jay White? He's wrestling uh, the leader of the Bullet Club, Switchblade Jay White. And then, of course, Dominion's going to happen, and you're going to get the uh, the winner of the tournament. Taking on Dragon Lee for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. And uh, you're also going to get Tattoo Knights over Dakota Bushi uh, for the IWGP Intercontinental title. And then 
if you if you liked him at uh, Dell or Nothing, you're gonna like him here at Dominion. Chris Jericho is uh, he's challenging Kazuchika Okada for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. I want to take a step back here, and we're gonna talk real quick about the final night of the Best of the Super Juniors Tournament, June fifth, because Hiromu Takahashi oh, yeah. has come out and essentially teased his return at that show. It could happen as soon as June 5th. It could happen as soon as June 5th. Oh, my goodness. I'm so, I'm so I'm, excited. I'm, I'm not going to sit there and say he's going to wrestle, but he's teasing that he's going to be there. It's been it's been too long. It's one of the scariest situations that I've seen in a long time in pro wrestling. Uh, it, I mean, it's, it's a miracle that the man's even walking again, let alone potentially wrestling. Absolutely! Uh, wow, absolutely. That's just great news. Um, hopefully, he. I doubt he. I doubt he's going to be in the ring personally, at least at that show. But just seeing him there, I mean, we haven't seen him. Yeah, no one. You know? Yeah, no one has seen him <laughs> in, in, at an event for since it happened. So real quick here too, we're gonna we're gonna take a, a quick break here shortly. But I do want to. Uh, I want to go back to Kota Bushi because I didn't get a chance to talk about it. Uh, last week, I know we're kind of jumping around, but uh, it's one of those episodes. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about relevant shit, though. Uh, Kenny Omega was asked about Kota Bushi and 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 not yes. signing Kota Bushi. It was a very it was, it was a short clip on online. It's like less than two minutes. Yeah, it's less than two minutes, and most of it is Kenny Omega crying, but. Um, if if you weren't already like had it established in your mind that, th- that those two guys loved each other, and, and and what I mean by that, I don't I don't really care what, but they just the deep love they have for each other. I mean that right there shows you right there. Kenny Omega was asked about not signing Kota Bushi, and he he says that if he had if he would have asked Kota. He would have. He would have came. Yeah, Kota would have jumped ship. And then he would. He even said, if had he had begged Kota, Ibushi, he would have came. And you know, this is with tears in his eyes. He's sobbing as he's saying this. And he's like, but you know, since day one, before anything that they've ever done was that his goal was to win the IWGP Heavyweight Belt. I, I mean, I've just. It goes without saying that there's a definite bond between those two guys. And that was definitely one of the first things I'm sure Kenny wanted was to bring Kota on board. But he knew that he, he shouldn't do it because it wouldn't have been fair to Kota to give up his dreams of winning that belt. I mean, to me, it was it was such... It was a tough, tough video to watch because, you know, he's, just, he's sobbing and, and it's a very, it's a very uh, sad situation for him. But uh, my hat goes off to Kenny because... That's a that's a tough. It's got to be a tough thing to do to just not not even ask him, because you knew that the answer because the answer that you were going to get was the answer that you wanted. Yeah, but you knew deep down you shouldn't do it. Very selfless man is, is Kenny Omega. Absolutely. Um, what what else can you say? I mean, I mean, let's face it. For those of you who don't know that uh, Kenny Omega is one, not the soul, but one. Of the big reasons, Kota Ibushi did not sign with NXT. Yeah, um, they they essentially promised that they were going to get to work together, 
and uh, he was like, let's do it, because for a while, they've been wanting to do it for a while, mm-hmm. um, since their days in DDT, and New Japan was going to give them that opportunity, and they had that opportunity. Um, we got to see that come to fruition as, as uh, the Golden Lovers, and then some. Right. So, but, uh, yeah, uh, you think about that. Uh, think about where he would have been in NXT by now. Yeah. And think about everything he has accomplished with Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. And now let's look to the future. Um, as far as I understand it, he has signed the proverbial lifetime contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling. So for all intents and purposes, Kota Ibushi will retire as part of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, I know those are big words to say right now, but if that's the case, what better way to solidify your commitment to your life's goal? And that's winning the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. So kudos to Kota Ibushi, uh, kudos to Kenny Omega for, for not asking him. Yeah. I know that was tough. I mean, I, I can relate, you know, I, you... You and I worked together. Uh, I've, I've worked uh, with some of our mutual friends. Mm-hmm. And as as much as it, it pains me, um, you know, you don't, you, you can't. If you, if you truly have that respect and admiration and love right. for that other person, no matter how you mean it, it is selfish to sit there and ask them to do something like that. Yeah. So again, kudos to Kenny Omega, and I, I, we wish nothing but the best for both of those guys. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I just I, I felt I you know I, I love obviously both those guys. I love their in ring work. You know their story has been uh, well documented over the past, especially over the past year, because um, you know many people didn't follow them in DDT, and, and I get it. It's, it's especially here in the states. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to get. <laughs> you know, it's hard to follow it because it's hard to get it now. Um, so they do have a streaming service um, you can check out online. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, to, to see their story coming back and, and seeing you know, just the raw emotion that they have for, for each other and then the opportunity to, to bring Coda on board on, on this great expedition that is AEW and, and everything that they plan on doing with it. I mean, the big things that he would have he had here and, and then for him to just say like I didn't even ask him because as much as he would have you know had success out here his goal since breaking into the business was that belt and I can't take that away from him I mean that right there you you can't you can't sacrifice any more than that than to say I, I gotta step aside one of the cardinal rules in professional wrestling and in life hmm. you never say never yeah I agree. If New Japan ever decides to play ball, and I, I think they will down the line. Uh, It'd be crazy not to, man. Yeah. If if they ever decide to play ball with AEW, they have a shot of working together again. So, yeah, they are in Portland, Oregon. I, uh, yeah, I learned... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't know that by now, I, I learned that uh, certainly this year that you, you never say never on a lot of things. I'll leave it at that. Right, yeah, but, very true. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I think um, 
I think with AEW especially, and, I, and I'm, I'm not saying this as a fanboy. I'm saying this as a realist. This is a big deal in pro wrestling, and uh, not only international companies, but domestic companies like a Ring of Honor, like an MLW. If you have an opportunity to do business with them, you'd be crazy not to. And you know what? And, he, and, and on the other, on the flip side, AEW, same thing. Yeah, it's crazy oh yeah. not to. It, it's it's a it's a it's not just AEW. It's just be all end all. I mean, they're a big deal. But it, you know, if you have an opportunity for AEW to do business with New Japan, and you know, swap talent with those guys and bring you know, a Kazuchika Okada, a Kota Bushi, a Tetsuya Naito to AEW, even for you know a short stint, why wouldn't you? Yeah, why wouldn't you? You know, just think about that, and 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 you. I want everybody to think about that. Think about the selflessness of Kenny Omega while we take a quick break here, pay some bills. Uh, part two of this episode will be uh, around shortly. Stay tuned. This episode of the Twenty by Twenty Ring Crew is brought to you by GameStop. GameStop, where you can buy new and used video games, consoles, and accessories. Got games you no longer play? Trade them in for cash or credit towards a new game to add to your collection. Become a pro member and save even more money on your purchases, trade-ins, and even get special offers not available to everyone else. If games aren't your thing, GameStop has a wide range of toys, apparel, board games, and other collectibles including pop vinyls, including exclusives not sold anywhere else. Visit us at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash GameStop to find out how you can get started and remember power to the play welcome back ladies and gentlemen thanks again for hanging in there with us and uh we always appreciate you listening and supporting the show so by all means go stop at uh 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash gamestop and check out uh, all your favorite GameStop sales and hardware and accessories and the whole nine. And uh, purchase purchase through us and help us support the show. Absolutely. Uh, they're our newest sponsor, and uh, we want to get off on the, the right foot with those guys. Uh, always. Please and thank you. Yeah, please and thank you. Power to the players. I sound like Ian Riccoboni right now. God, that that annoys uh, me so much. No. Jesus. Oh, sometimes, God. Sometimes you got to bite the ball a little bit. Oh, no. It's just, it, I, we've been listening. <laughs> we always have wrestling on in the background as we record. We are currently watching the second night of Ring of Honor's state-of-the-art tour uh, based out of Portland, Oregon. Uh, I have seen some crazy shit on this card, and we haven't even watched, like, three-quarters of the show yet. Uh, there was a tag team in there, part of the tag team gauntlet, called the Voros Twins, who are <laughs> Hungarian but got trained in Canada. Yeah. And, uh, How's that happen? I don't know, but uh, they were nice. pretty fucking entertaining. They both gave up simultaneously in an abdominal, abdominal stretch. I can't say that say word. five times. Yeah, I've always had trouble with that word. Uh... <laughs> Against Silas Young and Shane Taylor. Silas Young had both of them in the move at the same time. He had them tap. And while he was uh, getting them to tap, Shane Taylor came over and basically lit his cigarette for him. So he... (laughs) He was smoking during the match. 
he felt his job was done, and uh, that was pretty fucking entertaining. Some of the shit you see in pro wrestling, man. It was really interesting to see right after that, they uh, they had a, a wild card team picked, and it was Dalton Castle and Roosh. That was pretty fucking entertaining. Had they been on the same page for the match, that looks like it would be a pretty badass tag team. I agree. But uh, they were not, and they ended up getting counted out because they were too busy uh, fighting each other. <laughs> I think Roosh was over there choking out Dalton Castle with uh, the lights over there by the commentary table. But uh, it's pretty interesting card. Uh, the Gauntlet match was pretty good. Um, I'm I'm really I'm really concerned, but slash excited to see the world heavyweight championship match later in the card. It's Mark Haskins, PCO, and uh, what was the third guy? Let's see. Mark Haskins, PCO, and I know it was... We just said it earlier. Fuck. Mark Haskins, PCO, and Flip Gordon. And Flip Gordon taking on Matt Taven in a, a four-way match for the... Uh, uh, the gauntlet-style match for the world title. It's a, I thought it was a four-way like elimination. Match. Oh, is it elimination? Okay. Yeah. And, and the way it goes... Obviously, if if uh, anybody with Taven wins, then that person is going to be the champion. However, if Matt Taven retains, then the last person eliminated is uh, is is not able to challenge for the title so long as Taven is champion. We were talking about that. Hopefully, it's fucking PCO because he does not need another title shot. You Me, you were impressed with this match against Matt Taven at uh, Good Lord War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. That was horrible. One of the worst matches of, of the year. It has nothing to do with Matt Taven. No. <laughs> no, not at all. It was, uh, it was scary. It was confusing. It was laughable. It was everyday life for PCO, it sounds like. Jesus. It was everything that you shouldn't... Every word you, should, you shouldn't use to uh, compare a professional wrestling match to. <laughs> it's just, it was god awful. Just absolutely <laughs> terrible. Um, glad that it's over and glad that Matt Taven's still alive. Yeah. Uh, oh, and yeah. the fan in the front row. Oh, yeah, that's right. He headbutt the fan. Got blood on his shirt. That was some fucking fucked up shit, dude. Yeah, we were watching <laughs> Mark Briscoe and. Uh, Oh, Jay. I'm sorry, Jay Briscoe and Jay Lethal. It's an old rivalry with you there. in a singles match. They used to have some fucking crazy good matches, man. I'll tell you that much. I love watching the Briscoes work, but, you know, this card, particularly, you have uh, two singles matches featuring the Briscoes, and it's just it's great. It's great seeing them do, uh, do singles matches because both of those guys are, are great wrestlers. Uh, Jay even did a code of honor. Jay Jay Briscoe did a code of honor. Jay uh, Jay Lethal, which I thought was interesting, but uh, you know you're starting to see the uh, the old school Briscoe antics yeah. come out. <laughs> uh, just announced for Best of the Worlds later on this this month uh, in June, we're gonna see it again. Briscoes versus God. No DQ. No DQ this time. So uh, I'm excited. Uh, I don't know what do you think. I think the you think the Briscoes take those titles again. 
I think the Briscoes get the titles back, yeah. Get those titles back and, uh, you know, given what happened this night, they're going to fight uh, the Bouncers, which is an interesting tag team because those guys, Brian, Brian Malonis, and I'm not fat shaming here, people, I'm not, but how the fuck does this guy even last five minutes in that ring? You know, over the, over, <laughs> over the years, we've seen guys like that. And you think, you look at him, you're like, this guy's probably got no stamina. Yeah. You know, very low energy. And more often than not, we're fucking surprised. Right. You know? It, it uh, you know, it, Ian Riccoboni's commenting during the gauntlet match when he was in the ring, talking about uh, how he eats his Subway sandwiches. And he they said... He always gets double meat, you know, and uh, <laughs> regardless of that's the case or not, and whether Riccoboni was, you know, trying to fat shame him or not, he's a big dude. He's a big dude, but he moves pretty well for being that size, I got to say. I tend to be more impressed with him these days than I do Beer City Bruiser. Uh, Beer City used to be a guy that I was I was the same boat with, you know, and... Uh, I was like, man, he's he's really got a lot going on, but he's I don't know. M- Malonis lately has been a guy that uh, kind of stands out more, not because he's bigger, but because he's actually doing more, in my opinion, than doing the uh, you know the weird gimmicks that uh, Beer has been doing with the biting and all that shit. But uh, well, gumming, gumming, yeah. yeah. He did it earlier too. Yeah, and you know. <laughs> It's whatever. I mean, it's it's a gimmick. It's it's something that he's doing. But ah, uh, man, this is this has been a frustrating episode. You know, we're watching against state of the art, and it has been technical difficulty after technical difficulty. Yeah, and it's like get your shit together. I don't know what is going on. What's yeah. going on, Portland? You no, got no good feet out there. Like, what's what's going on with you guys? That was pretty funny during the uh, Jeff Cobb match because at one point everything just sped up and it looked like an episode of the Benny Hill Show. <laughs> <laughs> it was just missing that music. Cute music, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I-, I look forward to watching the show. Hopefully they get their shit together and fix the outages. There's another outage yet again as yeah. I speak. Uh, you know, while we're waiting on this to happen, you know, the month of June, I mean, this is really... The beginning of, of you know, obviously the summer, you know, yeah. and and uh, there's, a, there's so much to look forward to, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, you know, right now it's kind of like in a downtime, and and that's kind of you know why we've we've bounced a little bit uh, during this episode because it's just uh, sporadic stuff here and there. But there's still a plethora to always enjoy. Uh, so I think it's fair we just do a little bit of plugging right now. Obviously, you know. No matter how we feel about them, you know, there, there's always the WWE, and you can always go to our website at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash WWE Network. It's all one word. I, I don't know about you. I, I might I might turn on Super Showdown. That happens on June 7th. I am not. Um, uh, it, that's you the, usually are my guy for the yeah, Saudi Arabia I, shows. I, I don't see I don't see myself turning it on. Um, if I do, it'll yeah. be like background noise for the most part. But nothing about that card excites me. No, absolutely a- nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, they are doing a different pay per view this month um, in the states called Stomping Ground. I want to say it's called. Okay. 
Um, it's just uh, the June pay-per-view. Um, of course, you got Extreme Rules happening in, in, in July, and then that leads to SummerSlam. So, I, again, guys, WWE, you got uh, you got some big shoes to fill now because at, at the double or nothing, I mean, AEW is not slowing down because in June they, uh, they have – Fighter Fighter Fest. Yeah, they have Fighter Fest. Uh, I mean, you you don't have a full card yet, but you got you got good matches on that card. You got Cody versus the debuting Darby Allen. Yes. Who, if you haven't seen Darby Allen, man, this this cat can go, and he's uh, he's a different breed. He's one of those different breed wrestlers. He, look, the, he looks like he's 135 pounds soaking wet, but uh, goddamn, that kid can fucking fight. Look up his matches against Volter. <sighs> There's just three of them total. Three. Look up those matches. I, I would recommend all three of them and, and and see what we mean. Like, this guy is a different breed. It's like watching David versus Goliath, only the Goliath is actually David, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, you're not yours truly. Well, not actually, sorry. Going back to the show, uh, Fighter Fest. You know, you you got uh, you got a great six man tag with the Lucha Brothers, and now an unknown partner because Pac is no longer there. Right. Versus the Elite, Kenny and the Bucks. That's going to be ob- obviously a doozy. The debut of John Moxley is going to happen at that show. Yeah. As he takes on Joey Janela. Uh, also, you know, yours truly, myself, is going to be at Fight for the Fallen, uh, which is going to be in Jacksonville, the the headquarters of AEW. Uh, we're gonna see uh, Ali versus Brandy Rhodes. You're gonna see Chima versus Kenny Omega, and now we're going to see Cody and Dustin Rhodes versus the Young Bucks. And what could potentially be Dustin Rhodes' last match, regardless if it is or is not, brothers versus brothers. Uh, That's gonna be great. A hell of a match, man. That's gonna be so great. A hell of a match. Uh, Honor to be, even be there live and be a part of that. Uh, and then to kind of wrap up summer. It's been announced earlier this week. At All Out, we will crown the inaugural AEW World Champion. Uh, Hangman Page, Adam Page versus Chris Jericho, booked official for the Sears Center in Chicago, Illinois, or Hoffman Estates, whatever you want to get technical with it. June 14th, tickets go on sale. I would highly recommend getting in line (laughs) as soon as you possibly can because... This one is going to sell out fast. Yeah, it will. It will. A uh, couple other notes, too. I mean, we, you know, this is, again, going to be a great summer full of stuff. We got Dominion coming up, and then when Dominion happens, we get that much closer to the G1 climax, which means Wrestle Kingdom is coming sooner than you think. Uh, just a plethora of, of, of wrestling going on. Again, we can't stress enough. Always, always, always check for local shows in your neck of the woods, whether you're in the Midwest or you're in the Northeast, Southeast, anywhere. If you're in Canada, if you're in Mexico, if you're anywhere across the world, thank you for listening, You know, all you international people out there. There's a plethora of, of, of companies out there looking for, looking to entertain you. Uh, one that uh, Joe and I have supported for a long time, PCW Ultra. They got a show happening on June 14th. I mean, check out this main event. 
Mil Muertes defending the PCW Ultra Championship against Sammy Callahan. Oh. <laughs> I mean. Oh, my God. That right there, that right there is going to be a fucking physical fucking match. You also got um, War Beast defending the tag titles against the Lucha Brothers. Dude. Uh, Tessa Blanchard defending the Women's Championship against Jordan Grace. Um. Jake Atlas defending the light heavyweight championship against Trey Miguel of the Rascals. I mean, this is a hell of a card. Uh, I know TJ Perkins is on the card. He's finally out of WWE, and and, and finally we get to see better TJ Perkins matches. Yeah, oh yeah. Because uh, that dude can go, man. Yeah, he I, can. I love, I love his in-ring work, but uh, they didn't know what to do with him. You know, same, you know, just, <laughs> just like all, everyone else yeah, there. <laughs> all, all, all 40 of the writers didn't know what to do with him. <laughs> I wonder how that works, you know? <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, uh, shouts out to Alexander Hamilst- Hammerstone for um, his, his, uh, def- his, <laughs> shouts out to Alexander Hammerstone for defeating Brian Pillman Jr. at MLW's Fury Road shows. He is the brand new inaugural MLW National Openweight Champion. And uh, what a beautiful belt that is, too. It is. It's yeah. a very beautiful belt. I, and you know what? I didn't. I was telling Matt I did not recognize this cat because um, he's so he's pretty much like clean cut now, no more long hair. Right. Uh, we we were first introduced to him, or at least I was, uh, through PCW Ultra. Speaking of them. Yeah, and uh, he's still got the physique, and you know he still can go, but he looks like a completely different dude. Um, that was crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah. MLW hell of a show. You can catch it every every Sunday on on uh, sorry, every Saturday at six oh five on YouTube, or you can catch it every Tuesday night on Fight, and also on Fight. Speaking of the PCW Ultra yeah, show. Yeah. If you're a new subscriber, go to 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash fight, that's F-I-T-E, and get a subscription through us, and you can actually, since it's $15 we're giving away, mm-hmm. if you go through us, you can catch that entire PCW Ultra show for free. For free! New subscribers only, but you know what? It's it's free to become a new subscriber, too. Yeah. You know, so... I, we're not telling you to cheat, just cheat the system, but, you know. Cheat the system. Cheat the system. <laughs> uh, <laughs> support the show in the process as well and, and catch uh, what's going to be a hell of a show. Uh, again, they're a local company based out of Wilmington, California, but they're doing big things down there. They do. Absolutely. And, and there's usually a surprise at some point in the show. Yep. Uh, also, too, shots out to, uh, with MLW, going back to them real quick. Shouts out to Marshall, Marshall and Ross. Mar- Shouts out to Marshall and Ross Von Eric who made their debut at that show. That's right. Uh, I I just got I was telling Joe I just got done watching the uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode with the Von Erics. You can catch that on uh, Viceland. Um, check your local listings for that uh, channel. It's a good show, really good show. I know the the story behind the Von Erics and the, and the tragedy of. Uh, of that family and what they dealt with, it was it was really cool to see that uh, after all that you know Kevin being the only surviving member of the of those brothers, and and to see that uh, he's got two boys that are are carrying on the name, 
Um, just and they're they're incredible wrestlers, great physiques. I mean, very old school Von Erich like physiques, and uh, great wrestlers. And I'm, I'm I'm happy that they're finally here, making noise in the states. Yeah, uh, and MLW is a great place for them. Absolutely, MLW is a great uh, great product. Uh, you can ca- again catch it every Saturday night. YouTube six oh five Eastern. I like to advertise it because it's six oh five on Saturday night. Yeah, man. But uh, but also too, you can catch it on on, on fights again. That's twenty x twenty crew dot com slash podcast slash f i t e. You don't have to use it on a PCW Ultra. You can use your credits on anything you want. There's a plethora of of wrestling as well as other fighting, MMA, boxing. Muay Thai. Bare knuckle. Bare knuckle. I mean, Which what... I have yet to sit down and watch, man. I want to watch some of that. <laughs> what, what, whatever, whatever tickles your fancy, man. I mean, it's it's $15 of credits. Absolutely free. All you got to do is subscribe through us. And, uh, and you support the show by doing so. But, um, again, guys, this, this is uh, there's no excuse, man, to, to miss pro, pro wrestling. Whether you got the money to... To go to All Out or, or, you know, WWE shows. Or if you, you know, just want to go to a local show. Yeah. They're, hey, they're fun. And, uh, you know what, while while you're there and you're, and you're visiting, take some pictures and uh, hit us up on uh, social media and everything like that. And, and come talk to us. We are available on Instagram. Instagram.com slash 20x20crew. We are available on Twitter. Twitter.com slash 20x20crew. Uh, we are also on Facebook, facebook.com slash 20x20crew is our official Facebook page. Come talk to us. Come join the group over at facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20talk. Uh, we're also available on YouTube where we have the following contest, which is where Matt and I fantasy book matches and cards with our favorite wrestlers and potentially your favorite wrestlers. Uh, stuff you wouldn't normally see anywhere else. Uh, I am still battling YouTube with uploading past episodes. Um, I don't know what YouTube's problem is against I'm us. Being a but dick, man, YouTube. Yeah, twenty x twenty crew dot com slash podcast slash YouTube will get you there, and uh, hit that subscribe button so that when I finally do, when I am able to finally upload some shit, uh, you'll be notified right away. Hit that little bell for us, and um, keep supporting the show. Uh, email us 20x20crew at gmail.com for the time being with your questions, comments, concerns, requests. We do take requests. And um, much like this Ring of Honor show, uh, I'm going to prevent any. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to prevent any uh, technical difficulties from happening. And we're going to end the show. So until next week. I've been Matt. I've been Joe. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been fucking awesome. And until then, we will see see you in the ring. ring.